Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 150. Gold Diggers, this episode has the potential to completely change your business, and I do not say those words lightly. Our guest today, Christina Scalera, is the legal attorney and founder behind The Contract Shop, a contract template store for creative entrepreneurs, wedding professionals, and coaches. Christina is a creative as well and soon realized that she could blend her two passions, creativity and law into a business that has brought the benefit of her legal training in order to help her fellow creative entrepreneurs. It became clear that my fellow creatives needed a little legal help. There wasn't anything or anyone out there to help them. And on one hand, there are other legal sites that were providing contract templates, but they were just too generic or disconnected from the pulse of the creative industry. On the other hand, hiring an attorney is a difficult process. You don't know who is good and who isn't. And even if you found the cheapest attorney out there, hiring someone to draft your business contracts is an expensive endeavor. Today, we are lucky enough to hear everything you need to know about using contracts in your business, being super legal. And in this episode, Christina helps flip the script on what you need to think about and know about when you come to create a contract for your your business. I am so, so honored to have Christina on the show. She is a member of my mastermind and just watching her grow and step into this space has been incredible. And not to mention, she is my personal attorney. So today's episode is answering one of the questions we get asked the most by our listeners. How do you make sure you are legal? Let's dive on in. This one could change everything. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts, listen in on honest conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. 
You guys, I am so excited about today's sponsor. Major shout out to StoryWorth for supporting this episode of Gold Digger. StoryWorth makes it easy and fun for your loved ones to share their stories and leave a legacy with their unique weekly emailed story prompts. And the best part is, is you get $20 off when you subscribe at storyworth.com slash gold digger. Now let's dive into the show. All right, Christina, I am so excited. First things first, there's nothing better than having a friend on the show. And I feel like when we talk on the phone, I'm always like, dang it, we should have recorded this. This was so good. So welcome (laughs) to the show. Thanks so much, Jenna. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm so thankful. So first things first, I know about your journey since I first met you, but I would love for you to share a little bit about who Christina is and kind of the path you've been on in the last few years. Yeah, thanks. We met <laughs> We met at Bonnie's Loom retreat. And I remember I was so stinking scared to be there. I was transitioning for the third time. So obviously I graduated from law school. I got the dream job that I always wanted. And guess what? It wasn't the dream job. So (laughs) I was very quickly forced to reevaluate and say, basically, what what do my next 25, 30, 35 years of working life look like? And I was really scared. Mm -hmm. So I actually ended up quitting that job for a couple different reasons. And in the meantime, I'm like, well, what am I going to do? So I ran into this woman. She was a former business corporate attorney and she was now teaching private yoga in Washington, DC. I was like, that's what I'm going to do. So, you know, she became my mentor. She kind of walked me through it. Unfortunately, the market that I was in Atlanta is not quite the same as DC. Like they just, they weren't quite there. They weren't ready for private yoga at that level that she was teaching. And in this process, you know, I had to start a blog. I had to start a website. You know this with Drew, right? Like you, you have yes. to have some kind of representation online. And so I was getting all this exposure to graphic design and the creative world. That was kind of how I fell into Instagram and found Bonnie and then found you. And so it was funny because right before we went on air, Jenna was just talking about how <laughs> when we met, she had no clue what I did. And I didn't know what I did either. I was I, so confused. I remember we sat down and we're like, okay, so there's this Christina girl and she's a lawyer and she does yoga and graphic design. Like what is this? <laughs> I wanted to do everything. Honestly, it was so hard to pick something. And it, it really wasn't like there was this aha moment where things landed on my lap. I think the closest that I got to that was two separate occasions. One being walking back to the houses that night with you, Jenna, and then another being mm-hmm at a rising tide society meeting where I just accidentally outed myself as an attorney during, it just happened to be October of 2000, I think it was 2015. And they, the topic that month just happened to be legal stuff and mostly about about contracts. And so, you know, I had showed up to the meeting as a yoga teacher and I left as, as a lawyer. (laughs) Like I felt like the professor in class that gets followed around with all the questions, but yeah, it was a very confusing time of my life. I wanted to do everything. I wanted to be a calligrapher. I wanted to be a graphic designer. I wanted to teach yoga you know, I was like, hmm, maybe this photography thing could happen because now I'm following Jenna. So it was just <laughs> all of these things. And I, I had no idea what I was going to do, to be honest. I remember. So Christina and I were sitting at the campfire and something that I love about Christina and, and something that I want to speak your praise on is I feel like, Christina, you never try to fill space. And I I love seeing people that are comfortable enough that they are so thoughtful when they speak that they've thought about it. And you were quiet. You were really quiet. 
but I was watching you and we started walking back to the house and Christina, I was asking her questions like, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? Like, what is that clarity piece? And we talked about the fact that Christina's a lawyer and that we, so many creatives and so many entrepreneurs need legal help. And she's like, well, there's already somebody doing it. And I'm like, nobody can do it like you. I'm like, there is so much of a need for you. So what kind of happened after leaving the retreat and after, you know, seeking that peace because so much has happened in the last few years. So walk us through that kind of part of your story. Sure. I mean, I left and I immediately set up a Squarespace site. And that was really out of character for me. I had been the kind of person who would wait and make sure that all the details were perfect, that the branding was just right, that I had hired the right designer. And quite honestly, I had just run out of money. So Mm -hmm. I had no other option. And I was like, well, the Squarespace thing seems easy. I ended up finding a Squarespace template, which I know they're really hard to find. And that was helpful too, because I, well, I thought I might be a graphic designer in reality. It just it was bad. So anyway, I just, I took action. I got it set up by October, what was it? November 5th. Cause we got, I think it illuminated October 28th by November 5th. I had a website up and running and it was just, you know, a homepage, a blog where I started answering all the questions that I had, you know, pages and pages full of notebook questions from people at Illum, from people at the rising tide society meeting all over the place. So Anyway, that was what happened. I just took that fast action. And then I was really upset because I'm like, wow, I found it. You know, like this is my destiny. I found like this nice culmination of everything I wanted to do. I can serve all the people that I wanted to be in a way that actually feels really good and authentic. And then crickets, like nobody, (laughs) nobody knew who I was. Nobody cared. I was getting a little bit of traction to my blog post because I'd had the yoga blog, but people were just really confused because I went from talking about mindfulness and yoga and things that just like didn't, like I didn't connect with entirely. And then I connected really well with the legal and the business side of things, but it was still confusing for that audience that I'd been building up with the yoga stuff. So (laughs) it was definitely a transition and you know, like looking back, I probably wouldn't, I would have been really scared to do what I did then. I would be scared to do that now, but I just didn't know any better at the time, which I'm really thankful for. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So tell us about where you're at now, because this journey has absolutely started at a Squarespace site and now it is something way bigger than that. Yeah, for sure. So we, it's the contract shop now. It just started out as my name because I've Again, had no clue what I was doing, didn't have time to think of a name, just threw something up. So easiest thing is always your name. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's where I went. And within about six months, I had gotten a little bit further into doing like webinars and presentations and just kind of collaborating with people. And then within a year, we had decided to rebrand as the contract shop. And at that point, I was making enough money with my contract templates to to rebrand and actually like for the first time with the contract shop have a brand. And we switched over to Shopify and that's just been the greatest decision of the entire business. Shopify changed everything. Our sales have just exploded since then, not because we switched to Shopify, I think, but just because of the metrics and the analytics and the tracking on the backend is so much better than Squarespace. Oh, I love it. We are big Shopify fans as well. And I have that tab open all the time because I just (laughs) love to look at the numbers. 
Yeah, um, that real time so- view is addicting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, there are people on my shop right now. That is so cool. So I want to hear about this whole aha moment because something that I think is so compelling about your story is that the things that we are passionate about, the things that light us up, a lot of times we can recognize that in other people, but we don't feel like we have anything to offer. And what did that moment look like when you're like, I went to law school, I have all this knowledge, I wasn't quite sure how he's going to use it. And now I see that there is a role that I can step into. Yeah, it, I mean, I hate to say that, like I said, there other than those two little aha moments, there wasn't like this big epiphany that happened. It really was just mm-hmm. plodding away and doing the work every day and like writing the wrong blog post, writing the blog post mm-hmm. that I was like, why doesn't anybody care about licensing? How come nobody's <laughs> interested in what intellectual property is? And it was like, duh, because you're not talking to them on that level. And so that was a learning experience. And so it was like lots of these little learning experiences that started to add up. And I mean, with your encouragement that night and with just doing the work and putting in the effort and seeing what was working and what wasn't, and just looking for those little tiny bits of traction and having, Mm -hmm. I guess, many epiphanies around that being like, oh, that worked. Let's do more of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not always perfect at that. So I've gotten a lot, I've gotten really sidetracked over the last, what is it, two and a half years of running this thing. So we've had a lot of diversions and I think that's thrown us off course. That's made us less profitable than we could have been because, you know, I just started to chase those shiny objects or I thought everybody else is launching an online course. I should launch an online course too. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things really threw me off. And it was when I started, sorry guys, but look at the numbers and look at the analytics mm-hmm. and see that, oh, these, these other things that I'm trying, they're not connecting. When I started to see that. And then I saw what was, even if it was on a really, really tiny level, right? Like five people liked a blog post or whatever, where most of them have no likes or something like that. That was where I started to find the momentum forward. And then it just kind of built like a snowball. And that's, that's what we're continuing to do. So it's really, really difficult to focus on the things that are going well and do more of that because it gets boring, I think for most of us Mm -hmm. as entrepreneurs, but it also is what creates that lifestyle that you want and it creates that freedom you know to do things like join your mastermind or mm-hmm. just to go skiing every day so yeah i'm not sure that there was like i said that huge epiphany where i was just like this is it i've changed everything but i just knew it felt good and i kept moving in that direction towards serving people that were in the creative industry that is so great and One thing that I think is so important, and we talked a lot about this at the Mastermind, is so many of us have so many ideas and so many passions. And I think that that is what makes us incredible and fascinating human beings. But what I always tell people is first step into the thing that you can make a living doing, even if it's not your deepest calling. Because once you're freed up and you have the resources and the finances to get you back your time... You can spend that time however the heck you want, whether it's making you money or not. And I think that, you know, with so many beautiful inspirational quotes floating around on the internet, chase your passions, do all these things. I think that is so important, but we have to live and be able to afford to live in order to do those things. And so what I love about what you're saying is that 
you had to listen to the feedback, even if it wasn't where you were feeling called to step into, because now that you've built this foundation with the contract shop, you're able to chase those other things and try different things and experiment. And you wouldn't have been able to do that if you would have never found the thing that could afford you the chance to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I want to start a makeup company every day, but I don't. You know <laughs> I what I mean? I love that. I do. Oh I, I like just want to sell makeup and go to makeup fairs and like do all that stuff. But you know, that's not. <laughs> that's not I, like something I've tested. So happy. <laughs> I think that it's just you know, there's there's so many things out there, and I think it's so beautiful. Where I, you know, I am like. I could sit down and paint watercolor all day, every day, if I could. Like, I love doing that. It's so therapeutic to me. But I wouldn't be able to do that if I wasn't making money doing things that I know I could sell. And it doesn't mean I'm not passionate about those things. I'm passionate about the people. But, you know, it's it's finding that balance of where passion meets income so that you can do more passionate things. Okay, so I want to paint you a picture and then I want to hear what you are going to say. So total aside, Christina has kind of come on board to my team this year as an attorney and we're being very cognizant of what we're going to speak about on air. But Christina has taken this scary legal atmosphere, especially as my business has grown and scaled and broken it down in a way that makes it feel approachable, that makes it feel inviting, that makes it feel like protection and not as scary. And so Christina, I want to paint the picture of Jenna Kutcher (laughs) when she was starting her business, because I think that a lot of entrepreneurs feel this way. So When I first started my wedding photography business, one, I didn't know much about photography. Two, I didn't know much about running a business. And I remember thinking, oh, I should probably have like a contract. You know, I thought that it would just make me look more legit. I didn't actually think about it in terms of protection or legalities. And so I went into Microsoft Word and typed up a little little thing that somebody could sign. And it was literally one page (laughs) long. And I honestly don't even know where I got it. I probably Googled it. So talk to me about like, what is the first thing if you could talk to Jenna when she was just starting out? What is the first thing I should have done in terms of the legalities of running a business? Yeah, thanks for that intro. (laughs) I feel like I just need to add like a tiny disclaimer that the contract shop isn't a law firm. So what Jenna's talking about is actually my separate company. I still have a law firm. It's called Sclare IP Law. And even though we're going to be walking through this like make-believe scenario that has real roots, maybe I'm not giving her legal advice. So this is just for y'all's information. And then hopefully you guys can get something out of it. This is kind of dead and buried as far as her business goes. Yes. Thank God. Thank God for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So this is a really common thing that I see. And I mean, I think it's great, first of all, that you had the wherewithal to approach this and attempt to create something, right? That you knew in a professional capacity that you wanted to show up for your clients and just give them something that not only could help them to trust you more, because I think a contract can really help do that, but also just show up as the professional, as the leader of that situation. Because as we know, most people, not all, but most people are getting married for the first time. They've never hired a wedding photographer before, even for portrait photography. A lot of people have never made that investment before or any other service profession that you guys, the listeners might be in. This could be Mm -hmm. their first time or one of their first times 
working with a professional and they're probably paying you a decent amount of money, probably a lot of money to them. So, you know, I think a contract is a great tool that we can use to respect that investment that they're making and just to outline what it is that they'll be getting and how that's going to be delivered. And then likewise, what we are going to be getting in return for providing those services. Mm -hmm. To me, contracts are really just this list of what you need to have in order to operate and build this relationship together. It's really all about the relationship. And it's just an outline of what obligations and responsibilities you two or you three, you know, if there's more than a few people that are parties to the contract. It's really just that outline of the responsibilities and obligations that you guys are making to each other. And so I think because we live in a society where, you know, we grew up listening to the chime and law and order and watching crime <laughs> shows. And, you know, when the lawyer comes in, it's, or, you know, maybe you went, unfortunately, maybe your parents got divorced or you were adopted or like had to deal with the legal system in some way. Usually the connotation around the legal system is just this really scary, difficult, hard to understand, maybe even bullying type profession that you've seen. And I really hope that I can help change that a little bit for some people because I am so passionate about the, first of all, creating the list because one, I'm a list maker. I love stationery. I love lists. Like I think half of you are out there with me. Um, <laughs> the other reason is because this is a relationship that hopefully you guys can grow into, that you guys can maintain for a long time. And this contract to me is really just that list of those rights and obligations, responsibilities that you're, you guys are using to respect each other's boundaries and respect each other's time and you know, just talk about openly what you guys expect from the other person. I had a law school professor, and I think this doesn't do any justice to the legal system, but I had a law school professor, and I don't know if he was joking or not. I, I think he was maybe trying to mask it as a joke, but I think he seemed pretty serious when he told us that you need to make things really difficult, explain things in very difficult terms, mm -hmm. use lots of legalese, just make it difficult because that's how the clients come to rely on you. And so when I heard that, like, I just, I don't know, I had a very visceral, bad reaction to that, mm. but I think it, it's a good kind of summary of what we see a lot of times in the legal profession. And that's kind of what we're coming to the table with. So like, maybe you're afraid to send a contract because your clients are on the defensive because that's where they're coming from. Like this, oh, lawyers are bad. Lawyers only show up or legal things only show up when something's gone wrong or, you know, they're just trying to take something from me. But you know, reframing it, having an entire conversation around what your contract has in it, which I want to talk to you about the client magazines that you have, because I think those mm -hmm. are really helpful to add into that conversation. But basically just reframing it as a conversation. And then at that point, it doesn't matter how long the contract is. I mean, maybe like a 20 page contract for wedding photography is excessive. But in my opinion, there's no way that you can fit in everything that you need in like a one or two pager especially if you ever need to enforce that contract later on, which inevitably, especially in the wedding industry, is always going to happen. There's always brides that cancel. I actually called off my wedding in 2012. <laughs> so I definitely make sure that's written into every template. Yeah. Well, so, and I yeah. think there's just so many things where as a provider, whether you're providing a service or 
you know, you've you've done it forever or everything that you think is just standard, your clients probably have no idea. Like I could put in what size pixel width of photos I'm going to deliver. My clients might not know that, but that assures me of what I promised to deliver. Like there were so many things that I didn't even think of including in my one pager. I just thought I'm going to send this to them. They're going to sign it. And then, yes, I got a new client. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, I mean, that's great. You you can't have a, a business without money coming in. And so, you know, when people are like, oh, what's the first step to starting a business? I want to make sure I do everything legally and it's all good. I'm like, sell something, <laughs> make money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, go back and, and apologize later, get your LLC later when you need it or, you know, fix your contract up now that you're making money and can afford that. But yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with just getting out there and starting. Now, with the caveat that I actually do, I'm not trying to scare anybody, but there was a situation where somebody called me and she was like three weddings in, right? She just did this as a hobby. And I don't even know how this happens. This is like a law school exam. It wasn't her fault, in my opinion. And the family member hung the dress on a sprinkler at the hotel. And so you can imagine what happened. And, you know, I think the family finally understood that it was like their fault for hanging the dress, but you know, she was photographing it at the time that the sprinkler went off. And so like, those are kind of the situations that we try to take, or at least I try to take into consideration as I'm drafting and just try to think about how, how can we best protect ourselves from the outcome that we're not even expecting? And then also protect ourselves from the outcomes that we are expecting, because no matter what happens in a relationship with a client, it's always going to end. You're going to either have them cancel or you fulfill the agreement and you deliver the photos or, you know, you show up on the wedding day and coordinate their wedding, like whatever it is, like at some point that agreement is fulfilled or canceled or rescheduled or whatever. And so those are just things that are normal. And I feel like as part of the maturing process of a business, those are the things that you start to add in and maybe pay more attention to as, as you're going. So, you know, for those of you out there with a one or two pager, like I'm never going to shake my finger and judge someone for trying or Mm -hmm. for having the contract that they think is the best fit for their business at that time. But, you know, at the same time, I think there are things that you can continue to improve upon and, just continue to access and add to your business, just like any other area, like marketing, like Mm -hmm. sales, like client experience. And so, you know, for the people that are interested in learning more about that and maybe just having a contract that isn't a one or two pager, that's why the contract shop exists. All right, gold diggers, Mother's Day is sneaking up quick and I have the perfect gift idea. StoryWorth. Okay, so what is StoryWorth? Essentially, StoryWorth allows someone you love to leave their legacy. You purchase a subscription for someone like your mom, and each week, StoryWorth sends your mom an email with a question about her life. Then your mom replies to the email with her story, or she can record it with her voice, and after a year, the stories will be bound into a beautiful hardcover book. With your subscription, your mom receives one year of weekly story prompts that your family can treasure forevermore. 
StoryWorth is such a cool opportunity to strengthen your family bonds and get to know your loved one in a whole new way. I gave StoryWorth subscription to my mom as a way to hear all the fun stories that can sometimes get lost. And I've already laughed, cried, and gotten all sorts of sappy reading her answers. To get in on StoryWorth goodness, go to storyworth.com slash gold digger. That's right. You're going to get $20 off when you subscribe at storyworth.com slash gold digger. I am so excited to read my mom's legacy and I hope that you guys take advantage of this offer too. I love it. Can I share a few things that I added to my contract over the years? Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so one thing I added that I have to be fed a meal at every event, which sounds so funny, but a lot of times like, you know, our couples have expensive dinners for their guests, but like girls got to eat. So you know, I added to my contract, like if I'm shooting for over eight hours, I get fed a meal at the time that the guests are eating. That's also, so funny. Why? No, I, I just want to add something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I took that out. I had that in my templates. Then I took it out. And like the outrage that happened with wedding planners <laughs> and photographers was unreal. Oh. So then I actually second shot a couple weddings last year. And I was like, yeah, this yeah, is staying. I need food. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I added that in. I added in like the, like I said, the pixel sizes of the images that I would deliver, which was, you know, it's just one of those things where you do get clients that maybe want like a billboard size photo and you, you know, you have to be very clear. I added in how much or little retouching I would do to their images. I don't believe in retouching. I think people are perfect just the way they are, but just little things over time where you can tell, like you can talk about things all you want, but until it's on paper and each party has seen and signed it, I think that it's easy when you're first starting out to promise the moon and the stars to your clients. And and as time goes on, you realize you've been burned by things and it's no one's fault but your own. And so what I love about contracts now, I mean, we sign contracts almost daily, whether it is for sponsorships, whether it is non-competes within my team. You know, we are constantly signing and using and reading and going through contracts. And I feel this like sense of security. And so can you kind of just talk about the difference? Because I think that so many of us are afraid of legal stuff. Because like you said, a lot of times when we approach it, it's usually when something has gone wrong. But let's talk about the opposing side of that, about being freed and feeling confident and walking into situations knowing that you are covered, but also that you are covering your client. Yeah, this is so good. I'm so glad you brought this up. One of the biggest situations where I feel free is I feel really nervous if I don't have like an NDA in place, if I'm talking to somebody that's coming onto my team or that I'm thinking about collaborating with. And then if that gets further, obviously they sign an independent contract or they have like some kind of further confidentiality clause that takes us to the next level. That yeah. is like so freeing, just knowing that I can walk in there, I can show them everything on the back end of my business and that they can do a better job than they would have if mm -hmm. I were trying to withhold things. Yes. You know, not like relying on trust alone and trying to like stroke their ego every day so they don't, you know, end up doing bad things to me. I could say that in a different way, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I think there's some really freeing aspects as like a business owner hiring people, but then also with your clients. And that's where the client conversation and the client magazine becomes so important because mm. clients are 
busy, maybe even busier than us if that's possible. You know, some of you are working with like neurosurgeons and firefighters and like just people that have these like intense jobs that are crazy stressful and they don't have like the time or the wherewithal to go through your contract like point by point by point, even though, you know, they, they say they did or they agreed to do that or whatever. I think that's where you start to have the client conversation and the client magazine in hand for them. And that's where they can really lean in and trust you and you guys can feel free together because that contract, like you're saying, Jenna, it solidifies that agreement that you guys have come to mutually. And you can always go back and reference it. I love that you talked about that earlier, that you said Mm -hmm. that you were going back and you were looking, okay, what exactly did I promise them? And then it was like a checklist, right? You can check off everything that you had delivered and everything you had left. That's brilliant. And then, you know, with the client magazine and just having a conversation around it, the client magazine, I think, can help ease the people that you're working with into the contract or after signing. It can help them understand the contract a little bit better because you're talking about the things that are most important and most likely to come up. So yeah, like I think every contract needs like a force majeure clause, which is just a fancy way of saying in case of like some crazy emergency, like a hurricane or you know, some kind of invasion or terrorist threat, which unfortunately in 2018, we have to consider sometimes. Mm-hmm. But like that doesn't need to be a part of your client magazine. Your client doesn't really care about that. That's something helpful to have in case something ever did happen. But they do care about like, how do they pay you? When are your payments mm-hmm. due? What does the timeline look like leading up to the wedding? Things that maybe you tell the client are part of the agreement, part of the services that you're providing, but then you really go into detail in that timeline in the client magazine with them so that you're not A, committing yourself to that timeline in the contract, which is a legally binding document, so that you know if you deliver the images one day late or you have your you have to reschedule your pre-wedding consultation for like a week later that the contract isn't suddenly in breach. Mm-hmm. So having that kind of stuff in a client magazine is really helpful. But then also it's just such a relief for them to have something beautiful that's fun and interesting and engaging to go through that tells them probably the exact same information that's in your contract, but there's not this story in their head that it's hard, Mm -hmm. that they can't read it, that they don't understand it. And so it's just a measure to build trust with them. And then it's also a great way to kind of secretly, not so secretly, get them to read their contract. (laughs) And then, you know, if you can have a conversation, like if you can have some kind of, I know a lot of vendors have meetings before the client signs and just kind of walks them through the process and what kind of things that they're going to be working on, what they can expect, maybe even shows them some samples of their work. So anytime you can do that, you're always building trust with the client. And that trust is so critical, especially if you guys want to move into like a more high touch, high luxury business model, because the client's going to expect that you're really taking everything off their plate and that they can trust you to do that for them. I love this. I have two points that you said that I'm like, yes. One is a lot of times our clients sign contracts towards the beginning of our relationship. And what I love about the way, Christina, that you deliver things is it is all about that experience. And so you can take reiterations of your contract and weave them into the experience you're giving clients, whether it's through a magazine that you create for them, whether it's through your email communication or your workflows. And so I think 
think it's so funny too when people complain that their clients are using their images incorrectly on social media and they're saying, well, they signed a contract. Yeah, they signed that, but it was probably a year ago. And so we actually take iterations from the contract and we put them into emails. Like, so when I deliver the images, here's a reminder of how you are able to use these images. And and here's what we ask of you. And here's what you agreed to. And you can make it a little bit more informal. It doesn't have to be a copy and paste from the contract. They've already signed that. You're already good on that end. But I think that it's our job to provide this secure experience, knowing that our clients likely haven't been through this once or twice or three times. It's probably their first time. And so when you have a sound contract, this contract can be woven through this experience in such a beautiful way where it just gives you the security. It gives you this expertise. And it gives your clients this experience that reminds them instead of being like, please refer back to point 1A on the contract (laughs) saying like, hey, remember when we agreed to this? And so I love the fact that it can enhance your client experience, which is everything. Yeah, for sure. Contracts are definitely a great way, in my opinion, to build trust if you do them right, right? Like if you're trying to hide things or you make it really difficult for the client to sign, that's a good way to sync a, mm-hmm. <laughs> sync a booking is, you know, to not have it electronically that they have to like fax it back to you or like something crazy like that. But yeah, it's a great way to show them that you're respectful of their time, that you care about their intended outcome and their experience and that, that they can trust you, that, that you're not mm-hmm. trying to give them this agreement that's so one-sided and unfair that it's not going to protect them either. But you point out the things in your contract that, hey, this is actually for your benefit. So like one of the things I added to my templates that people were really confused and upset about at first, and then I had to explain it. So we do that pretty well now, but <laughs> it was provision in the cancellation section that talks about what happens if you as the provider have to cancel because, mm-hmm. you know, people... All the time, especially at our age, people are adopting, they're having babies, they're moving. And so what happens if those kinds of life situations pop up, right? Like a wedding client might sign two years in advance and then you're pregnant and you're due on their wedding date. So like those are the kinds of things that, that we added in and that's for the client's benefit. And so those are the things that are helpful to point out to the client and say, listen, I I have you covered too. And that, Mm -hmm. again, just helps build that trust with the client and shows them that you're considering them from the start. And then I think the client magazine or like having an easy signature process, I know you're a fan of HoneyBook, I'm a fan of HoneyBook, just having something where they could sign and it's easy, it's, it's electronic, it's, I love electronic signing. I think it's the best way to sign and all the courts are moving towards electronic filing. So, you know, (laughs) throw your paper copies out and move towards electronic filing. It's 2018 or signing rather. But anyway, I think that's a great way to also show the client that you're going to be respectful of their time. I'm actually, I'm going through a lot of different things and taking my business to the next level. And it's just unbelievable. The contracts that I have to sign with these like big corporations and none of them are electronic. Like they're asking me to do these crazy things and send in this, these like crazy documentation that I have to mail in. I can't even like take a screenshot or a photo with my phone. And, you know, I'm automatically looking for the next person who's going to be more respectful of my time and who's going to say, Oh no, that's fine. You can take a photo with your phone and, and upload it. So again, you know, just using that as a tool to show them how respectful you're going to be of their time and of their experience. 
I love that. You know, it's so funny is in the process of moving, I found my filing cabinet with all of my contracts from when I first started. And I'm like, do I throw these away? What do I do? Is it a bad legal juju to toss these and shred them? Like, it's just funny to look at how (laughs) archaic things were because I was the like, oh, please mail your check and your contract to my house. But one thing I want to talk about And another experience that I think I've had that I'm sure other people have, just like you said, is so when we found out we were pregnant the first time, I was going to have to cancel three weddings. And while I was devastated in terms of with my clients, I knew I was protected. But then actually when we had found out we were going to miscarry, I had to shoot a wedding that weekend. And so I knew that it was going to happen. My body could spontaneously start that process, which is terrifying. And I knew that in my contract, I was going to be okay. And so I had a backup photographer on call. In my contract, it states like if there's a medical emergency or something happens, here's what will happen. And so there have been so many stages in my life and business where I realized like, these things give you peace of mind to be able to sleep at night. They're not the things that are scary. In fact, they're the things that are freeing. And so it's just been one of those things where I think that it's almost the dipping your toe in the water that's the scariest part. And after you do, you're like, I want to dive in. <laughs> like, what else yeah. can I do? And so can you kind of share just different ways? We've given a lot of photography examples, but just different contracts that creative entrepreneurs should or can have in place that can give them that freedom feeling? Yeah, for sure. And that was a hard episode to listen to. Mm -hmm. I'm imagining it was pretty hard to record. So yeah, I'm thankful I did it. I haven't listened back to it yet, but Uh, I will someday. Yeah, well, we appreciate it. And we love you. (laughs) I love you. Yeah. So as far as which contracts you might be considering for your business, The first and foremost, like I said, the best way to start a business is to start making money. And the fastest way in almost any business to make money is through services. So a service agreement based on whatever services that you're providing are, that would probably be the first place that I start if I'm starting any business. And, you know, like we have specific ones to industries, but generally like just an independent contractor, because you're typically not starting out as an employee if you're a freelancer or, you know, a wedding planner or a calligrapher or, you know, a copywriter, that kind of thing. So an independent contractor agreement, or if you can find a more specific one, like the ones that we sell, that's that's a really appropriate agreement to have to send to clients to book them or for them to book your services. And once again, in any of those professions, I think you can use Jenna's magazines that she sells in her shop. She did not ask me to plug this. I just think they're a great resource. I refer them all the time. So that would be something else that you could add to help in all the ways that we just talked about, whether you're a photographer or not. The other contracts that you might consider is some kind of terms and conditions or and privacy policy for your website. Mm-hmm. This is particularly important if you sell anything through your website because you're collecting a lot of data. And I mean, if you guys haven't heard already, the EU is actually cracking down and making these things even more stringent. We're going to have to comply even harder if you do sell to anybody in Europe or people from your accessing your site. I won't go into all the details here, but essentially what you need to know is that When you have a website, you have cookies, you have Google Analytics installed, you have Facebook ads, the Pixel may be installed, you're collecting newsletters, hopefully, and you're you're downloading Jenna's training and learning how to do a (laughs) newsletter. But, you know, 
information is being collected from the people that are visiting your website and people on the internet are from all kinds of backgrounds, education levels, everything. And so that terms and conditions and privacy policy is just there to inform them, even as ignorant as the most ignorant of them might be, that you are doing exactly this or exactly that. So it's kind of a common misconception that, you know, you have to disclose like, oh, we're not going to sell or rent or do anything with your information. It's actually okay to just tell people like, we're actually from time to time going to use your information with our partners and collaborations, and we might even sell it to somebody for a Facebook ad, Pixel, or whatever. You just have to expose what you are truthfully doing with that information. So likewise, if you get a really strict terms and conditions of privacy policy, and you actually are doing things that you said you're not doing in there, that's also something that you need to look at and make sure that, that that really lines up to what you are doing with those people's information. So if you're sharing that information with friends, like their email list or, you know, whatever, you're, you're sharing that Facebook pixel with your ads manager, whatever it might be, like you have to disclose those kinds of activities and just share that you're, you're sharing that information. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. That terms and conditions and privacy policy is really a, a contract with any user of your website. You can actually block IP addresses. I'm not the most techie, so I don't know how to do this. I had a team member who would do this for me if I needed to. But you can actually block IP addresses of people that come to your website and just maybe they're not leaving the nicest comments or things like that. And so it truly is a, a one-way contract where like you are the lord of your website or the, the lordess, the <laughs> whatever. <laughs> the you're the owner of your website. And, yes, you're the princess of your website and you get to decide what happens there and when it happens and who gets to access it, and et cetera. And so that's the contract with the user to say like, you're accessing it, but you're accessing it under my kingdom's terms. Mm -hmm. I love um, that. The last couple ones that I want to talk about real quickly are if you are hiring, having some kind of NDA, I mentioned this before, a non-disclosure agreement. This is kind of like the pre-contract contract. And it just allows the parties to talk with each other before they get into some kind of formal partnership or formal, you know, contractor contracting relationship. And it kind of is, it's really great for a test period. So if you're like, not sure how that person's going to work out, or if this is a service you really want to have in your business or use, that's a great one where both sides of the equation, like your, your information is protected and that you're moving forward in a way that, that you know, that you're going to respect anything that they share. And likewise with you. Let me see. I think those are the three biggest ones. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, obviously if, if you enter into some kind of collaboration or you hire somebody as a contractor, then at that point, making sure the NDA now kind of morphs into that agreement and you have some kind of more strict confidentiality clause in that, that is even usually more strict than the NDA because they know what they're signing up for at that point and just really solidifies the fact that like they're not going to divulge any kind of business processes or proprietary information or the way that you do things or the tools that you use, the contractors on your team, et cetera. So those are the three really big ones that I would have if I were starting a business in the ideal world, right? I love that. <laughs> so can people get these types of agreements in the contract shop? Yeah, actually, we sell a new biz bundle and it, it has all this and more and it's, it's less than buying two of our templates together. Ooh, so I love that. we've tried to make it. Yeah, we've tried to make it really affordable just because, you know, if you're a new business starting out, like 
I'm there with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only two and a half years into this. So I, I know what your your daily grind and budgets are like. Oh, there's nothing I can stress more than just also the feeling of feeling like you're legit. I think that for so many of us, we're like waiting for the IRS to come knock on our door and be like, you are arrested for not running a proper business. <laughs> and so what I love is, is not only are you like investing in your security, but you're also just investing in being a legitimate business that's operating legally. And I think that for so many people, there's no step A, B, C, D, or E. And that's why I wanted you to come on the show, Christina, because we get asked so many legal questions. And I'm like, uh, my attorney says I should not answer any legal questions because I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. And so that's what I think is so incredible about what you do is you make this approachable. You remove that veil of like, what do I need and where do I begin and so if you had to pick one thing that you're most proud about of the contract shop, what would that be? Oh, gosh, this is a hard question. I thought I had an answer for this, but <laughs> I think it would just be when I'm scared, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I get scared. I'm really introverted. I get scared to talk to people. I get scared to reach out. I get scared to ask for things. We were in a car earlier this year <laughs> and they asked everybody what, what everybody was doing. And I was like, I have a website. And like that's, that's me to a T. So I think in those moments where I do overcome that and I, I do feel really proud about what I've created and then I don't, I don't just shrug it off. Those are probably the most proud moments I have with the contract shop and, and the ones I'm most excited about. I love that. So my last question for you is this. So if a listener is out there, And they've just been scared to start, to either start their business or to start getting legal or to dive into that thing that they know they can share with the world. What advice would you give them? So many of your guests have said this, but just get started. I mean, just do what you can with what you have right? Like go back to the beginning of this episode, listen to like, I had nothing. I didn't have a budget. I'd spent it all going to things like a loom. I, I mean, it was such a stretch for me to even invest in like a template and Squarespace and all that costs what 450 bucks. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just to, to hear crickets, but still to keep going after that for the next three months until I got my, my breakthrough and, and found that traction that I was looking for. You know, I would just say, get out there, do it. And just try because even if it fails and it blows up in your face, that's really good information to have mm-hmm. for the next time that you try. I love that. So where can everybody connect with you and find you and work with you? Yeah. So I'm at the contractshop.com. And if, if it's okay, yes. we want to give your, your listeners a couple different resources. And so if you are having questions about how to get legit or you know what your contract needs to have in it, I'm going to give you all the freebies that we actually give away right now. So you won't have to hunt them down on Facebook <laughs> or anything. That's at the forward slash gold digger, oh, like the podcast. I love that. You guys can find everything there. And your Instagram. So we have one at the contract shop, but the one I'm more active on is at Christina Scalera, just my name. Awesome. Oh my gosh. Christina, thank you for giving us these resources. I know that this is something that so many people have been curious about. It has been probably the number one requested show. And so I couldn't think of a better person to come on and just share this expertise with us. So thank you so much for your knowledge, for making things way less scary than they seem. And I'm just so thankful that you're in my life and you are my attorney. I feel so legit when I say I have an attorney and I know how cool you are. Well, I love you so much. And I'm just so thrilled to be here. I hope all of you guys have such a good day and got 
at least something out of this episode. Trust me, they did. (laughs) Thank you so much, Christina. I'll be honest. I remember when I first started my business, I was terrified of all the legal things. Like legitimately, I wanted to pee my pants. I was scared. When I met Christina and I saw this light within her years ago, I saw that she had the potential to change this climate of legalities and the scariness of it all. And what I love is, is that she continues to come at it from a place of service. How can we heighten these experiences? How can we protect not just ourselves, but our clients? How can we outline things so that our clients are happy at the end of it? And hiring her on as an attorney, it was a no-brainer. I think that having someone in your court that understands what you're doing, the climate of your business, and what's next is so crucial. But I was not at this point when I started. I mean, I had a one-page contract. I told you this. So what I loved about today's show is just the ability that Christina has to break it down and to encourage starting somewhere is better than not starting at all. And what I think is so great about what she's created, what she's built with a contract shop, is it's this approachable way at figuring out what you need in order to be legal. So today, I hope you loved this show. Again, we get asked about this all the time. And so it was such an honor to bring on such an expert. I am so, so excited for Christina and what's next. And until next time, gold diggers, I want you to be too legit to quit. And thank you so much, Christina, for coming on the show today. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more, the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.